following is a Thunderbolt West Media production. This show is going to be jam-packed with information that you're going to need to survive in this crazy world. You are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky was on fire, fear was in their eyes. It's my opinion that we should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues related to off-grid living. I also seek to educate my listeners about survival and prepping, and I'll talk about anything from government corruption to chemtrails. Also, I feel that our constitutional republic is worth saving so I never miss an opportunity to do my part in helping to save our republic. I have two main goals for this show. Number one, to help you build your faith in God. And number two, to help each listener become as self-sufficient as possible. This show originates at the Harmony Barn Studios, located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show airs on global shortwave stations WBCQ, Monticello, Maine, at frequency 7.490, and also on WRMI, Radio Miami International, on frequency 5850. And you can tune in to Key Radio, 89.3 FM, in Osage Beach, Missouri. And this show is also available on demand on Spreaker, Anchor, Podpoint, Podpage, and Red Circle. My email address is jim at offgridliving.faith, and be sure to visit my website, which is offgridliving.faith. Welcome aboard, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I've got quite a show for you today. I'm going to be talking all about prepping and survival this whole show. And I've been getting lots of letters and emails. I have a listener. His name is Art, and Art sent me basically a book, and I think it's wonderful that he cares enough to take the time to write me such a great detailed letter. And since he spent so much time on this letter, I'm going to turn this show over to Art. And I'm just going to read this letter. And it's going to take up the first half of this show because it's quite a letter. And if I break into what he's written, I'll let you know that it's my comments. But anyway, Art starts out with greetings. So you wanted more stuff. Well... Kick back in that recliner or throw rug or whatever it is you kick back in. Most of the following isn't in any particular order. And then Art starts out. I'd suggest folks get ready for a radical change in lifestyle. That we can get used to being cold, wet, hungry, dirty, sick, exhausted, alone, 
in the dark, beyond knows, but staying the course. I'm going to break away and comment on that. I am afraid that Art's right. I think that every word that he expressed himself with is going to come to pass. And I wish that that wasn't the case. I wish I could disagree with him, but I couldn't agree with him anymore. And it's that whole part of staying the course is what has me so frustrated. Because obviously Art sees things going down the tubes the same as I do. And that nobody seems to be trying to fix anything is maddening. Now back to the letter. If these are what is required of us as believers in Christ, and even much more, our earthly existence is but a mere vapor. So be it. Again, well said, I agree. Back to the letter. Consider life after the fall. And he's talking about the fall of our society. Death, chaos, destruction. We'll be in our bug out spots, possibly getting burned out and depressed from events. And it's been brought up that the possibility of having no desire to eat or conduct necessary activities. And I'm going to break away and say again, I think he's dead on. I have met more people that have given up. I've never seen so many people in my life, especially young people, that I don't think they have a future. And what's really sad is I think that they think they have no future as well. And so we're really dealing with the possibility of massive depression and massive suicide. I'm going to get back to his letter, and I want to remind everybody that he said this was in no particular order. And so if some of these seem to be different topics, well, it's because they are. Back to the letter. Using scenario EMP, CME, which I'll get to. If we can survive the first three weeks, we've got a really good chance of making it. Well, we've survived the initial two waves, and next will be the heavily armed BLM and Antifa and the UN quote-unquote peacekeepers. I'm going to break away and make a comment there. Again, Art, you are dead on, because I really do feel that Obama's army that he was talking about when he was first elected, if he was elected, I'm wondering if we've had any really fair elections for decades. He did mention that he thought there should be a force that was as heavily armed and heavily funded as the United States military. And I really do believe that is BLM and Antifa. I don't know if Art thinks that way as well, but I think that's where BLM and Antifa get all their funding. I think that they are a quasi-branch of whoever's running our deep state. And also I agree that if we can make it through the first three weeks, we do have a pretty good chance of survival simply because of the death that's going to happen on this planet. If things happen like what Art is seeing and what I'm kind of seeing in our future, there's going to be more dead bodies laying around than we have people to actually bury the dead bodies. And believe me, I think people have it in them to tear themselves apart like a bunch of wild animals if things really start falling apart. And I think our population worldwide is going to dwindle really fast. And with fewer people fighting over the resources, the fighting will actually become less. Now back to Art's letter. I keep a folding cart in the bed of my truck. It's only about 10 miles each way to work in the event of an EMP. 
I can pack up what's in the truck, and I figure it's maybe a two-day walk, a two-day walk that can turn into over a week for numerous reasons. And I'm going to break away from the letter again and comment. I do believe that he is dead on again, that if we have an EMP attack and you're stranded even 10 miles away from your house, it might be quite a trip getting home. Because I think that the insanity that will ensue as far as people that are stranded out in the highway, I think that the carnage is going to start really soon if we have an event like that. Now, that's where I'm fortunate. I can walk 10 miles and not see anybody. And so if I was stranded 10 miles away from the house, depending on which direction I was traveling, I could make it home as fast as I could walk 10 miles. But I understand what he's getting at. If you're out on a busy highway and everybody's car stops at the same time, I have a feeling that a lot of people are going to turn into predators at that moment. Now I'm going to get back to Art's letter. A big mistake I've made when hiding food. I know where it is, and I've dated it. But I don't know where the oldest stuff is. Lessons learned. Again, I have to comment. Me and Art must be related. I could have wrote that line. I've got food, I've got it dated, but I've moved it a couple times and I've got it all scrambled and I really don't know where my oldest things are. And so what I've been doing is just kind of guessing. Back to the letter. Remember I mentioned in the last letter about neighbors being charitable? I'm leaning toward if they get food, they're going to work for it. And I can back this up with scripture. And I'm going to comment again. Yes, Art is right on that, that he can back that up with Scripture. And if someone thinks that that might be cruel of withholding something if someone's in need, if they don't work, you have to understand that there's going to be so many people in need that only the ones that are sincerely in need and the ones that sincerely would appreciate the help would actually work for it because the rest of the people would just want another handout. And believe me, there's going to be lots of people that can hand it out. I'm going to go back to the letter. I've found and keep finding now places to hide things, false walls, above ceiling panels. And a suggestion, if you have several chests or dressers, only hide in one drawer of only one dresser. If people see some of your stash in one, then they might look through the other. And I'm going to break away and comment. I do believe that he's right can't hide it all in one place, and I do address that in the second half of the show. Back to the letter. He says, same with ammo, kinda. Never store different calibers in the same containers. They'll know you own several guns. Now I'm going to comment on that. That's something I never thought of, because I do have all of my rounds together in one container. And so that is a dead giveaway that you have more than one gun. And so I definitely think that if you don't get anything else out of this show and you're a gun owner, I think that you need to understand that you have to keep your rounds in separate places. Now I'm going to get back to the letter. Quiet weapons might be necessary. Crossbows, compound bows, blowguns. Now I'm going to comment on that. I do agree again with Art. And that's why I'm reading this letter in its entirety, because I think that this is a great show in itself, is just what Art wrote. Now, while his quiet weapons are a little bit more sophisticated than mine, 
my quiet weapons are machetes, clubs, and a very nasty surprise. If someone comes to my front door to really harm me, well, they're in for a very, very big surprise. But I'm not going to say what that is. Now I'm going to get back to Art's letter. He says, use other cleaners and lubricants on guns than WD-40, especially inside the barrel. WD-40 has a tendency to form a varnish. And now I'm going to comment again. That is very good advice. Never, ever use any lubricants on a gun that are not approved for your gun. Because let's face it, that gun might be the only thing standing between you and death and destruction. And so you don't want to use any cheap lubricants or anything that's just going to get you by. So go get the right lubricants. And I'm going to add this. Keep the lubricants hid away as well. Because just like when Art wrote about mixing your shells and so people know you have multiple guns, if people see gun oil out, then they do know you have guns. But no, do not use WD-40. I agree. I'm going to go on to the next thing he wrote in the letter. Batteries. AA, AAA, C and D cell batteries. All should be at about 1.5 volts. Much less will need to be charged. 9 volts, 8.9 or higher. 12 volt car batteries. If they get down to about 11 to 11.2 volts, they're on their way out. You can get a cheap multi-tester to check batteries. And then he has an asterisk here and says, Some life can be given to non-chargeable batteries with a charger. And he says a solar charger. And I didn't know that. I've always been told to never put a non-chargeable battery into a charging bank for batteries. But I do know that Art knows his electronics. And if he says that you can get some charge out of it, well, I believe him. And those were just the first two pages of this letter. And believe it or not, I don't know if I'm going to get through this whole letter in this show. But that's good. I'll just hold it off to the next show. Art will have two shows under his belt that way. I'm going to get back to the letter. Waterproof matches and strike anywhere matches can be soaked in melted wax with several coats. Just make sure to scrape off the head before striking. I'm going to comment there. That is something I did not know, so thank you for the information. I'm going to go on back to his letter. Flashlights and fire extinguishers accepted. He says to check them. For several extra flashlights, coat the lens seven or eight times with green or blue marker. I suggest not red. And he says it makes it harder for the wrong eyes to detect the light. And there again, something I didn't know. And so you can have light in your general areas, but it's going to be harder for anyone else to detect. And so I think that, again, is another thing that's worth listening to this program for, just for that simple advice alone. all of my listeners to go to my social media site which is on veteranbrigades.com it's the only social media site that I trust and you do not have to be a veteran to join 
So go to veteransbrigade.com, sign up, and look me up over there. And on that platform, I'm the Living Off-Grid Show. And I plan on doing lots of interactive things over there with you, my audience. So please go visit me at veteranbrigade.com. Now back to the letter. Rice and pasta. Pretty bland, huh? Jazz them up with these little jars of spice gotten cheap at the dollar store. And then he mentions powdered gravy mix. And again, my comment, that does sound like that would work with the powdered gravy mix. That would really spice up some bland food, as long as your gravy mixes weren't bland. Now back to Art's letter. Geiger counter. Why is no one on shortwave talking about these? And then he says they're available at major surplus, and it has a phone number. And I'm going to tell you right now, they're not a sponsor of mine, and so don't take this as I'm endorsing this product or this place. But I am going to do this because I think that Art's right. I've been doing some research on Geiger counters, but I never once thought about doing a program about it. So I think in the future, very soon, by the way, I'm going to be doing a show that's going to be talking about Geiger counters. But anyway, I'm going to say that Art's right. I think everybody needs to have a Geiger counter because if World War III does break out, which I do believe it's going to, I think that there will be nukes fly somewhere in this world. And fallout spreads. And if you don't have a Geiger counter, it's like having all of your senses removed from your body because you can't see, taste, smell, or touch fallout. You won't have any idea if something's radioactive or not. So you might be in your bug out location and you might think all systems are clear because you don't have a Geiger counter. And you might walk out of your shelter into a very bad situation and not even know it. And on the flip side of that, you might spend an extra week or two in your bug-out location when you didn't need to. And so I'm going to go ahead and give the name of the company and their phone number just because I do think it's that important. He says they're available at Major Surplus. The number, 310-324-8855. 310-324-8855. And he says that they're in the $200 price range. Now back to the letter. Due to the cold weather now, this could be tough. If a person lives in a more urbanish area or environment and can't afford or had the time to find a bug out spot, build a panel room, a large room with false wall and a small living room, and make the house or apartment look deserted. Trash on floor, closets ransacked, furniture overturned, note on the front door with the example John, have left, will be at mom's, maybe even leave the front door open. And yes, the psychology of it all. Well, there's quite a bit to comment on those statements. Now, if things get as bad as they can get, every word of this you should consider. Because I think that the really well-kept places and the ones that look like they have money and food and are worth their time to go ransack the place or go try to look for whatever they're looking for. If they see a building that nobody seems to want to protect it, and it looks like it's already been ransacked, well, there's really a good chance that people will just keep going. And I'm going to add this here because it should have went into the second half of the show when I'm going to be talking about storing your food in different places and hiding it. 
If you do have food, don't act like you have food. Just like what Art says is make your living place look like it's uninhabited. If everyone out there is lean because they're all starving and you're all fat and sassy walking around, they're going to know you have food. And so even if you have food, you're going to have to lose weight with everybody else. Because if you don't, that's a sure sign that you have food. And yes, you might think that Art's being a little paranoid. You might think that I'm being a little paranoid. But I'm going to tell you something. Times can get this rough. And do I think they will? I'm not sure if I think they will, but I know it's capable of getting this bad. And so I really think that we need to prepare for the worst. Now I'm going to get back to Art's letter. And now, some different brutal things. I mentioned first and second ways. Only engage if absolutely necessary. Let them pass through and find other targets. You'll need ammo for what's coming. After initial chaos, things calm down. Two weeks, question mark. Now come the more determined, battle-hardened ones. Again, avoid contact. One or two approach your bug-out spot, you've been found. Do not engage these one or two. They probably have some buddies watching. Like Sun Tzu wrote, only engage when you're sure of victory. And if and when possible, use quiet weapons. Brutal, painful ways for a nation world turned away from God. Psalm 917. Remember, these people are the most likely here to do you harm. Rely on the Holy Spirit for decisions. And again, that's why I'm reading his letter, because I think it's really good stuff. And yes, we have to rely on the Holy Spirit. And we have to stay in prayer. We have to stay and we have to pray for wisdom and discernment. And he's also very right. Do not engage anyone unless you have to. And if you engage them, you better be really prepared to engage them all the way. If you're not totally committed to saving your life or saving the life of your family, well, then you're the one that's not going to win that fight. Now I'm going to get back to the letter. Dogs can be an asset. Even though I'm a dog nut, I lean against having them. Yes, they can be great for perimeter intrusion detection, but they're an extra mouth to feed, and they can bark at the worst times possible. Well, I'm going to comment on that because I do have a group of guards that do guard my perimeter. And yes, they do eat. Boy, do they eat. But I'm going to tell you something. My dogs double. Not only are they watchdogs and guard the perimeter, they also work cattle. And so they're not only guarding me, they're my workmates. And so they really do earn their food. And so I really think that having the dogs that I have has kept an awful lot of people off my property. And anyone that knows my dogs knows that they're really sweet and wouldn't hurt anybody. But they have the reputation of being these mean junkyard type dogs. I don't know where they got that reputation, but I'm glad they've got that reputation. And that keeps a lot of people off my property, which makes me very happy. As far as barking at the worst possible times, that's 100% a thing that will happen if you're trying to hide and you have your dogs with you and you're trying to hide away from something. So you're best to let your dog just run free. And if he wants to bark, he's on his own. That's what I'm going to do. I love my dogs, but there's no way I'm going to have my dogs give away my position. But yet they're doing me such a great service that I'm going to do everything in my power to protect them as well. Now back to the letter. Keep a sense of humor. Scripture tells us this. It also says, 
that a froward mouth is abomination. Also, when training or whatever, humor is inserted, and it helps us to remember better. Plus, it's healthy. I'm going to comment on that. Again, he's right on. Okay, I've got through four pages of the letter. Only four pages to go. So I really don't think I'm going to be making it all the way through the letter on this episode. But that's okay, because this is really good stuff. There's a lot of wisdom here, and we need to always, always listen to wisdom. And so I'm going to go ahead and get my last topic of the letter on this show. But I'm going to tell you right now, the next episode of this show, I will finish this letter. Now I'm back to Art's letter. EMP, what I tell others in doubting. This is America. That can't happen here. And I really don't know what he meant by that, but someone else out there might. Then he goes on to say, China, the biggest financier of our debt, also produces much of our weapons, also our enemy. Knows full well our currency is almost worthless. The day is coming when they decide they no longer want our currency as payment. They want real, tangible assets. We have nothing left to offer. Nothing. Nothing that we want to offer. America with a military in shambles. Due to everything from woke indoctrination to ruin from vaccines, gets involved in yet another foreign conflict or two. Then he says, our military gets shipped overseas. And he puts an asterisk on there. So I'm going to go down to it. Our military in ships and planes heading one direction sees Chinese ships and planes heading the other. Too late, our forces realize. Now on with the letter. Five minutes later, China or North Korea launch full-scale EMP strikes against America. They wait about five to six months to occupy, knowing that about 98% of Americans will be dead from violence, starvation, exposure, disease, suicide, and no one will be able to stop them. I'm going to read that again because that's exactly the same thing that I feel, that within five or six months they're going to be able to occupy us because they're going to know that about 98% of Americans will be dead from violence, starvation, exposure, disease, suicide, and no one will be able to stop them. And I'm going to make another comment that if we don't turn from our ways, if this country doesn't straighten up, if we don't go back to God, if we don't go back to our Constitution, if we don't clean up the mess that's everywhere, if we don't clean up our chaos and clean up our borders, if we don't do these big things that need to be done, pay off our national debt, manufacture things here in the United States, and of course all of that's a pipe dream, that's not going to happen because the powers that be don't want that to happen. But if that does not happen, this 98% of Americans not being alive within five or six months is a very real possibility. Now back to the letter. That leads me to the next point. Population reduction? Think of the 360-degree war being raged against America. You notice much about the illegals crossing that border? Young military-age men. Somebody on shortwave recently mentioned what I've been thinking for a couple of years now. Population replacement. Now I'm going to go ahead and comment on that. I do believe that that is what's going on. They're trying to replace our population. And they're trying to dumb down the people who are here by not teaching our children anything in school. 
and then taking God out of everything. But then they're trying to replace all of the people in this United States with unskilled third world type people that are easy to control. And so, yes, this brave new world is being thrust at us. And it's going to be our actions that we're going to have to take responsibility for ourselves. It's going to determine how well we get through this. Well, that's going to be the end of this letter for this show. I'm going to pick this up next episode. I'm not going to have this on the second half of the show because that's already been recorded. And so after this break, I'll be back with more information. But before I go, thanks, Art. You're a treasure. If you're tuned to Frequency 7.490, you're listening to WBTQ. If you're on 5850, you're listening to WRMI, Radio Miami International. And if you're listening on 89.3 FM, you're in tune with Key Radio, Osage Beach, Missouri. I really need to know who's listening and where you're listening from, whether it's by shortwave or podcast or on AM or FM radio. Even if you just pop me an email and say hi, I would appreciate it. And as always, I invite listeners to give me some suggestions of topics that they'd like to hear me cover. I would really appreciate that. Once again, my email address is jim at offgridliving.faith. And also, please visit the website, and the website is offgridliving.faith. If you enjoy the Living Off-Grid Powered Information Show, I would ask that you consider donating to this show to help cover expenses because we don't get paid here. This is all done by donation. And we do not take anything online as far as PayPal or any of that because of all the censorship. Not that they will shut us off. It's just I'm not going to give them the opportunity. So we're going to do it the old-fashioned way by mail, check, money order, or if you want to put cash in a secure envelope, we would appreciate any donation, any size. Just send all your correspondence to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. That's Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. And your support is greatly appreciated. This next song was recorded in 1902 by the Edison Military Band. America, played by the Edison Military Band. Replace fear with faith. Replace pessimism with hope.
replace despair with determination. And don't be afraid to rely on God and step out on the sea. Living Off Grid Town Information Show. This is your host, Jim Calhoun, and I really appreciate you tuning in today. Well, I'm going to do something that I've never done before, and that's I'm going to repeat a program. I've been doing this for over a year with no repeats, but I'm going to repeat this segment, and it's not going to be repeated as a Living Off Grid Town Information Show episode. Most of you know that I sit in for Bob Bierman on his show, Truth to Ponder, on Wednesdays. And a lot of the listeners that listen to Truth to Ponder are also preppers. And they don't necessarily listen to this show and vice versa. But to those who listen to both shows, you'll probably recognize that this was on a recent Truth to Ponder episode. But I received emails from people from Truth to Ponder and also the Living Off Grid Power and Information show. They were asking the same questions about prepping and food and what to do as far as getting a pantry together full of food in times of crisis. And after I recorded that version for Truth to Ponder, I realized that I was going to record basically the same thing for this show. And since I have to travel the last half of this week, and I won't have any time to really put any shows together, I think that it's best for me to just go ahead and use the segment from Truth to Ponder and it will answer quite a few questions that I've had in my inbox on the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. And so now I'm going to present the information that I presented on Truth to Ponder. And it's all about prepping. But I'm going to move on to a topic that I get a lot of questions about. And that's prepping. And in particular, what to do with the food that you store and how to store it and actually what to buy. And again, I'm going to give you an opinion. And everybody's situation is different. But if I give you an idea or two that you can either warp a little bit and change it into something that will work for you, or maybe the idea will just give you a whole different inspiration to think of something totally different, then I've done my job. And what I really want to do is be a help to people. I'm going to start out by recommending some things that I think you should have in your pantry. And first and foremost, the things that are hardest to get in an emergency are among the things that you need to add to your pantry right now because they're available right now in most places anyway. And the first thing is protein. 
Now, I know there's all sorts of people out there that eat different diets. You have vegans, you have vegetarians, you have people that are meat eaters, you have people that don't eat chicken, that don't eat fish, and so forth and so on. And so I'm just going to give you a general outline of proteins. And one of the best proteins you can have are eggs. Now, I know people have issues with eggs, too. And I don't want to go into that. I'm just going to talk about just pure proteins. Eggs are easy to digest when they're fixed right. If you like your eggs prepared to where they're fully cooked, and I mean overdone, well, they can be a little hard to digest. Whereas a soft-boiled egg is probably one of the easiest things to digest, and it's full of protein. Now, there are ways you can store eggs. You can put eggs in slake lime and water, and that will keep eggs for up to a year. And also, I've had people tell me that they scramble eggs, and then they dry them and powder them, and then they have powdered eggs. I haven't tried that yet, but, but the person that told me that has been raising chickens for years, and I think she knows what she's talking about. And, of course, hard-boiled eggs, and there are different things you can do with eggs. And so if you're in position to get some chicken, I really think you need to do that. Because this bird flu epidemic that they claim is out there is claiming the lives of millions of birds, but they're not necessarily dying from bird flu. They're dying because someone in the government tells the people that own the big flocks of chickens that they have to be destroyed because they want to try to control the growth of this bird flu. And so most of the birds are being killed out of precaution. But what that's doing is making the price of eggs and chicken just go astronomically high. And I think it's going to go higher. And I need to insert here that I do believe that this is a global extermination event, that these people that are so-called in charge, the ones that are unelected, that like Dr. Fauci, the ones that do things that are detrimental to we the people, I think they want to try to really hurt our food supply. And so if you can get some chickens, even if it's three or four, just to give you some eggs, I think that's a good plan. Now, earlier I told my son not to get chickens, but things have changed drastically. And I still am not very fond of chickens as far as their personality because they can be really mean to each other. And when one of them starts getting picked on, you have to segregate them from the rest of the flock or else the rest of the flock will probably end up killing them. And so chickens do have some personality issues. But I really do think that that's something that, if you can, you need to consider doing that. And another protein source, of course, is red meat. And red meat can be saved in many ways. You can, of course, freeze it. You can dry it, make jerky out of it. You can smoke it and preserve it that way. And also, you can can meat. And there are several ways you can successfully can meat. And one way is to use a pressure cooker and use the traditional canning methods that most people are familiar with. But another way you can store meat is to go ahead and cook the meat and then store it in lard. And you would render your own lard and you would put like an inch of lard down. And let's say that you're trying to store hamburger patties. You'd go ahead and fry your meat and make your hamburger patties. Then you'd put an inch of lard in a jar and make sure there's like a half an inch around the outer side of the hamburger that is free. And so the lard can get in between the inside of the jar and the actual meat. But you want about a half an inch or so of lard between each patty. 
So then you simply put in large, put in a patty, put in some more large, put in another patty, and just repeat that process. Then you put about an inch of lard at the very top, and then you go ahead and seal it up. And I've heard that will keep meat for up to a year. Now, I haven't tried that, but I know a lot of people that do. And a lot of people attribute that to the Amish. And I'm not sure if it goes back to the Amish or not, but there are ways. And I've mentioned jerky, but jerky is probably one of the safest ways that you can store your meat because it doesn't need refrigeration. And as long as you keep it in a real dry place, the jerky is not going to go bad. And so I think that's something that everyone should consider is making their own jerky. And another source of protein, of course, is the chicken and the turkey. And that's harder to keep. You can have more salmonella issues with chicken and turkey than you do with beef or pork or lamb. So I think that the best way to store fowl is to freeze it. Chicken and turkey and duck and things like that. And I know that you can can it with a traditional pressure cooker and get by just fine. So I guess that I would say that I would either freeze it or can it. Then I mentioned pork and lamb. For years, pork has been preserved with salt. And also you can can pork. And so pork has traditionally been one of the things that you can preserve. And so I think that's one of the easier. But I think if you would do the lamb like the beef, I think that you would store it just fine. The only issue with lamb is the gamey taste that may or may not be present by the method of canning it. Now I know that lamb done right is delicious, but lamb done wrong, not so much. And I really would question whether canning lamb would be beneficial. Now I know a lot of people like mutton and they eat mutton stew. And if you like that strong lamb taste, then by all means, go ahead and can it. I think you'll get along with it just fine. But if you're one of those that don't like that real gamey taste that lamb can have, that might not be a good choice for you to try to put in your pantry. And now for the people that don't eat meat or don't have the money to buy meat, and meat is getting very expensive, and that's beans. Beans and chickpeas and lentils and things like that have quite a bit of protein. And I know that the traditional diet of beans and rice has been used for centuries by people that have survived just fine. And if you want to think about the armies of the world, the ancient armies anyway, like the Romans and, and all the other armies that have been throughout history, they traveled on grains. A lot of armies had some sheep and goats and a few cows that they trailed along with the rest of the army to give them fresh meat. But that was a luxury. By and large, the common soldier just got some sort of bread, and if they were lucky, they'd get some beans. And many wars were fought with bread and beans, and so I imagine that bread and beans can at least get you through the hard times. And beans are relatively inexpensive to buy. And if you buy rice and beans, and let's say you do have some meat and you want to add it too, well, you can make what's called dirty rice, and you can add some hamburger and crumble it up and add that to your beans and rice and boost the protein a little bit and maybe help the flavor a little bit, but it'll also stretch your meat out. And so one of the things I would have in my pantry, whether you have meat or not, is I would have plenty of beans and rice. And I have enough beans and rice to last me about a year. And I do recommend having that much. It's easy to store and it keeps for a long time. And while I'm talking about food that I think you should put in your pantry, I do understand that 
a lot of the food can get old. It can become boring. And if you're one of those that are afraid of this food becoming boring, that's where you have to kick in your ingenuity and think of new ways to prepare with the same ingredients. Just by simply changing your spices and changing the method of how you prepare the food can really add some nice variety to your meals. And another thing your pantry, I believe, should be full of, and that would be pasta. Pasta that you go to the store and buy is real easy to keep. Just keep it in a very dry place and you're good to go. The main thing with pasta and rice and grains in general are weevils and insects and mice. So if you store these items in a container that can seal up really well, for instance, I have my rice in sealed up five gallon pails and I have my beans still inside their 50 pound bag, but they're inside a cooler. And so you have to consider just how you're going to store this because you don't want to take anything for granted. Because if one mouse can get into your food, rest assured that hundreds more will. And you don't want to have your food supply spoiled by a bunch of mice. And mice must have a good sense of smell because it doesn't take any time at all for mice to find anything that's left out or anything that's stored poorly. They'll find it. And of course you need to have your staples which would be sugar and flour, salt, baking soda and baking powder, and different spices that you would use on your food. And again, you would store that the same way, inside an airtight container, and possibly put that container in another container and double up on it. And I'm going to add right here that I think it's time for you to get a cookbook together if you don't have any cookbooks in your house. And most people do, but there are a lot of people that don't have cookbooks. I think that you need to get some back-to-the-basics type cookbooks and not try to go for the gourmet cookbooks that have all sorts of different ingredients that you likely will not have inside your pantry if it's a survival food type of a thing. And if everyone would learn how to cook like their great-grandparents knew how to cook, you'd be very satisfied. In years gone by, you'd always have fresh biscuits on the table. You'd have fresh eggs and fresh milk. And you'd have all sorts of items that would I would consider them a luxury if you had them today. But in our society that's so rush-rush, people seem to settle for a TV dinner and call that food. Whereas a few generations back, very few would serve that because they would be too proud to serve something that was that they would consider not quite up to standard. And so when you're prepping and you're trying to store food away, know that you have to be on a learning curve. You have to think outside the box and come up with maybe some unique ways that are unique to your situation that will work. And also, learn how to cook. And if you already know how to cook, it'll be real easy for you to take these ingredients and make something very delicious. But if you don't cook much, you're liable to buy some of these survival meals that they sell as packages. And I really think that that's okay and I really think those companies are filling a need, and I'm not saying anything against these companies, but the food is mostly freeze-dried, and it's highly processed. And I think you'd be better off with less processed food. And of course, I think you could have some canned beans, and I'm talking all kinds of beans, from black beans and pinto beans, refried beans, and also green beans and wax beans. If you have a wide variety of beans, then you can really change up your meals. 
and also canned corn and canned peas. And if you can find some canned fruit that isn't packed in too much sugar, because I don't think it's really healthy with all that sugar that they put in some of their canned fruit, that also belongs in your pantry. And then, of course, there's dried fruit. You can buy dried apples and other fruits. And also you can buy nuts and cranberries and things like that. So there's ways to fill your pantry. And a lot of people have already started on their pantry, and some people have got their pantry well-stocked. And to those that are already well-stocked, I say, good job. Those that are getting there, I say, don't give up. But the ones that are just starting, I think you need to have a little sense of urgency. Now, I've said for really the last year that I thought it was imminent that we were going to have all sorts of issues as far as getting supplies. And I talked to someone who works on the railroads today, and I asked him point blank if they thought the railroad was going to go on strike. Well, the first time I asked this question to this person was several months ago when the threat of a strike first surfaced. He said, no, the unions will go ahead and okay it. There's not going to be a strike. So he's one of those that thought for sure there would be no strike. Well, I saw him today, and I asked him. I said, well, do you still think there's not going to be a strike? He looked at me and shook his head and said, well, I don't know. He said, we'll find out soon, but I just don't know. And so he went from being totally there's going to be no strike to really not knowing himself, and he works on the railroad. And the way he said it, almost like he dreaded that the strike actually was going to happen. Now, the reason I mention that is if we do have a railroad strike and you have not started prepping for food and the railroad strike happens to last for weeks or a month, it's going to be really tough to get a supply together because at any given time in the grocery store, there's only three days' worth of food. Now, that's in a civil, calm society. Can you imagine in an inner city, in the big cities, if something happens and the trains quit and the food quits coming in, the rioting and the looting that possibly would happen would just be obscene. And if you happen to live in a city, there's no way you're going to be able to get your food. And so don't wait until that moment and then say, oh, I think I'm going to stock up on food. And there's other people that have two or three years worth of food and they're still putting food in their pantry which there's nothing really wrong with that because you'll always eat it. But I think if you have a year's supply of food, I think you're fine. And if you have over that, I think that that's just icing on the cake. But as a rule of thumb, I think everyone needs to have at least one year's worth of food. And before you say, well, I can't afford that, just think rice and beans. What you need to do is buy a year's supply of rice and beans first. That way you have food for a year. Rice and beans every meal would not be fun. Then you start filling in with things that will make that rice and beans taste better. Different spices and things like that. Then you can get some protein sources like salt pork and things that will keep. Then use this rice and beans as your nucleus. And then start adding the things that you would rather eat or do eat normally to your pantry. That way if something happens and it disrupts you getting your food together, you've already got that year's supply of food. It's already there. And you can buy a year's supply of rice and beans for around $150 a person. And so that does make it very affordable. And there's something about having that to fall back on, that insurance that you have. 
that really does help you sleep better. And before I end the program today, I want to mention this. If you do have food stored in your house, and if there is massive civil unrest, then your whole supply of food is in danger. And so, personally, I would not put my food all in one place. I would have it in three or four different places. And I would make each place extremely secure, all but one. I would have one place I would keep my food that would not be very secure at all. But I wouldn't have a lot of food there. You put out a day or two's worth of food in that place, and that way if there is civil unrest and someone happens to come to your house and they want your food or else, you can take them to that and open that door and say, you're welcome to all the food I have. And let them clear out your shelf and hope that they go away. Now I know that sounds paranoid, but I think that we're about to enter a time where we have to be very cautious. And I think it's a great plan is to never tell anybody what you have. If anyone asks you if you have food stored up, well, first of all, it's none of their business. But you can tell them what you want. But I highly recommend that you need to keep this on a need-to-know basis. And believe me, most people don't need to know. Because it's very costly. And it's a big chore to get a supply of food that will last you a month or a year. It takes a lot of effort. You don't want to lose everything to somebody that might come into your house and take all of your food. And you might say, well, they'll just take what they can eat. No, they'll take it all so they can go out and sell it. And, of course, if you have it in several locations, if another location is discovered, you still have food in reserve. And so don't live in a state of panic or fear, but live in a state of preparation. have a little bit of time left over and so I'm going to address a couple of things here before the show ends and the first thing is revisiting what Art said in his letter about no talk radio host anywhere or anybody that he's heard talking about Geiger counters I don't want to strike fear in your hearts but I do have to say this all the prepping in the world whether it be food or shelter or whatever is going to do you absolutely no good if you have nuclear fallout that's contaminating your whole area. You can't see it, taste it, touch it, or feel it, so you don't know if it's there. So you might think that you're really sitting well with all your food and all your prep while you're breathing in contaminated air. And so I really do think that I'm going to advise you in this way. If you are one of those that think that, yes, there's definitely going to be a nuclear exchange, then I'm going to tell that group of people, yes, buy a Geiger counter for your own peace of mind, if nothing else. And also, if you have a Geiger counter, you might just be saving the lives of a lot of people in your area. Because I'm sure very few people are going to get a Geiger counter. But if you're one of those that don't think that there's going to be a nuclear exchange, well, then don't get a Geiger counter and just... And just keep praying that everything stays as calm as possible. But I do want to point out that the United States and Russia have canceled talks about nuclear weapons. And so that's not a good sign. And also, it looks like since winter's coming on, that there's going to be a winter offensive inside of Ukraine. And who knows what that's going to trigger. So anyway, I just want to tell everybody that 
Having a Geiger counter might save your life, but also it might be wasting your money. So if you listen to this old toot on the radio that advises that you should get a Geiger counter and you get one, then this old toot just might have saved you and your family. But if nothing happens, then this old toot has just wasted some of your money. So I'm going to leave that up to your discretion. But me personally, I do not have a Geiger counter, but I am going to get one. And the last thing I want to touch on is podcast listening. The podcast listenership is growing. The subscribers are growing on all my platforms, and I really appreciate it. And also, my subscribers are growing on my video platforms that are just audio only at the moment. But I do plan on having some videos that actually are videos and not just audio only. But I want to thank all of my podcast listeners for their support. And also, I have, I have a podcast listener from Michigan that has to go out of their way and drive several miles before they can find any service so they can download my shows. And then they download my shows off the podcast, and then they drive back home, and then they can listen to my show anytime they want. And so I want to say a big shout-out to them and the rest of all the podcast listeners. While I hope somebody got something from this show, I always appreciate having everyone join me on these radio broadcasts. And I want to let everybody know that this show is listener-supported. And so if you get something from this show or if you enjoy the show, I would ask that you please consider donating to this show to keep it on the air. And you can donate by mail, and I take checks and money orders. And you would write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media, and you would mail to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska. Hershey, Nebraska. And the zip code is 69143. And all of your donations are greatly appreciated. And I want to tell all of my radio listeners to come back to the same station the same time next week for another episode of the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. And so until next time, everyone, keep your powder dry, stay safe, get prepared, but most of all, replace fear with faith. This is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. The song Step Out on the Sea is performed by Brit Small and Festival. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.